There's a new most dangerous man on the planet, Bellator edition. Rafael Lovato Jr., which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage. Because from outside the cage, I would have just knocked him out. Again, first round, pow, kick, that easy. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing? Jiu-Jitsu reigns supreme as the superior martial arts. <laughs> this week, yes. Um, I'm great, dude. It was it was a beautiful moment to watch Lovato uh, win. It was kind of like, I don't know, it's weird because all I could think of was all of us as a grappling community are behind him. But what about Gegard's fans? What about those people who have been the real ones for him? And I couldn't help but think that. And then for a split second, I was like, oh, but Lovato, I really hope you win here. And it was nice, man. Lovato, let me put it to you this way, Kev. I watched it on the Bellator app. And on the Bellator app, I don't know if it was just me fucking up or if it's the way it's supposed to be. But they didn't have commentary on my version or it was muted. And I just go, okay, sure, no problem. So there was no bias, but I was watching in that fight. I was like, yeah, it's 2-2. Like I felt Lovato came out in those first two rounds and just came out as a man on a mission. Definitely was trying to pepper him up with some strikes, but with abandon, Kev was like, fuck, I need to take you down. Please let me take you down. And he put on some good submission attempts on Gegard and, you know, made an impressive uh, early start to the fights. Third round comes and Gegard starts kind of, you know, peppering up a little bit on Lovato and you can see him start to bleed. And at this point, I start to wonder if something happened to Lovato's leg because he seemed to be okay with playing like open guard on the ground while Gegard was standing up. And I just thought, that doesn't look normal. I mean, that's definitely a strategy, a bold one. <sighs> in uh, mixed martial arts, to be sure. Come down to the fourth round. Lovato looks like he knows it's going to be 2-2 going into that fifth round. And he digs deep, Kev. I mean, it looked like it hurt him, but he was able to take down Gegard and, and just relentless. It was watching your friend put everything they had. So this was a guy who struck. This was a guy who did takedowns. This was a guy who got to mount, to back, Basically, every form of position you could get on MMA bingo and ultimately is able to lock up a body triangle, which the very first time he did on Gegard, Gegard was able to get back to full guard. Which and props to Gegard, by the way. That was my takeaway yeah. from seeing the exchanges. Mm -hmm. Oh, Gegard's better at jiu-jitsu than I thought. Not yep. to be when you see someone grapple at that level, because this fight had a lot of like back and forth and down the ground moments. I do wish at one point I didn't hear commentary either, but I wasn't necessarily playing it like that. I was kind of <laughs> like just like sub watching the stream on my phone, trying to follow along at a bar. There was a lot of I just impressive single leg wrestling movement based takedowns. And mm -hmm. I did watch that documentary about Lovato and his movement specialist mm -hmm. on YouTube. Shanji's in it. Like I forget what it's called. <laughs> Not a great endorsement, but on par for my brand. There were multiple moments where I thought, oh, this fight's about to end. Mm -hmm. The Anaconda has swallowed John Voight. That's an Anaconda's <laughs> reference for the J-Lo movie, none of the sequels after. 
Yes, I just you. assumed if Lovato had your back or you were on the ground, that's it. You're not coming back up. So to see it get, it was kind of fun. It's a nice reminder, despite you and I's numerous tap-out shirts. You know, jiu-jitsu, while powerful, when you go against someone that does know it, it gets a little stifled in here in the Bellator Championship. Fun place to see it. Yeah. Though I just, no commentary, wish they had introduced. And now... Leading the production, new EP from IBJJF and Flow Grappling. Here he is, and they introduce him because I feel like that would have been the explanation. There's just no commentary. We're just not going to have it. No. A little grappling shot at our IBJJF compadres. Do you think this would be nice to ask him, and we'll have to burn that bridge soon. Do you think this felt – he's a jiu-jitsu person. I'm talking about Pro- Professor Lovato Jr., Rafael Lovato Jr., champ. This or the Brazieros? Like, do you, do you which one do you think he's he felt a slight more peak for? You know, there's something about a dude who puts a printed out photo of a championship belt in his bag, and in his congratulations and thank you to everybody post that he put up today, he definitely thanked everybody. But then also said, thank God I can throw this fucking photo out of my bag that's been there for the past two and a half years. <laughs> and uh, I could relate to that. I mean, that's that's the type of commitment because this is a guy who definitely, I mean, 10 and 0 is very impressive, to be very blunt. So you, you can't get over to that. I've had people talk about him in the UFC. I've had people talk about you know, what's next for him. And it's like, dude, I mean, he is, I mean, he's not far from my old, if you would. So that's why every time I watch him, I'm like, Oh God, he's like a year younger than me to the day. Like he, when I did an interview with him years ago, he did a seminar on my birthday and he's like, birthday buddies. And I was like, "Ugh, (laughs) you share my name. You're way better at jujitsu. You're essentially right around my birthday and a year younger than me. Like, ugh, we get it, Lovato. You're great. You're an overachiever, as they say. Right. But meanwhile, I'm watching him and I go, oh, man, okay. (laughs) But I do ask the question, what does he want to do? And some people are like, oh, man, he wants to get to UFC. And I'm like, dude, when Joe Rogan was trying to get him over there on his show and making the plug for, man, I would love to commentate one of your matches – Lovato gave him the slickest of, hey, man, love my job, which means, yeah, Bellator is taking very nice care of me. So it's entirely possible that could be in his sights. But I think there was a true fulfillment. And if you look at the hashtags and all the sort of stuff that he put out there, he was like destiny fulfilled. And really, you don't see the used word destiny fulfilled until Destiny's Child is going to break up because that was the name of their final album together, Kevin. So I don't know. No I mean, way. Yeah. It was Destiny Fulfilled? Yes. Oh, this is seconds. Wait, that was TLC. I was about to be like, this is seconds before Audrey Rising lights someone's house is on fire. God. No. Cheeto, Lisa Dunn, burn the house down. Damn it. <laughs> well, he was always such. He was a chief there for a little while. Anyway, Lovato. I mean, I I guess I kind of expect to see him either go one or two ways. Mm. One direction where he's like, yep, whatever, who's next? John Jones? Sounds good. Or the other where maybe he takes a step back from MMA. 
I mean, it's it's entirely possible. I feel like he might want to write it because he probably feels good. He's going to take a break. Um, it'd be nice that he gets to defend it and, and do his thing. But we had a lot of things going on this weekend where people were saying, oh, if people only knew what you overcame. And whenever people say stuff like that, I don't know what you overcame. There's a point to that. But yet when you put that out there, I go, well, what'd you overcome? <laughs> and for him, it seemed like the one thing I can tell you from the chat that I had with him in December was I had used the phraseology a setback. And what I meant was this was a, it seemed like if it were you and me and they said, hey, Raph, you're going to fight Gegard Bissalsi. And I'm like, whoa, why? Um, after that initial shock. If you said, oh, by the way, now you've been getting ready and you had a full camp, essentially, his back is out. So now you need to chill and wait until he's good because you don't want any other fight. So I said, yeah, you know, it felt like a setback, especially with like the John Salter fight where that one unexpectedly uh, faltered as well. And Lovato was very, very clear on saying it's not a setback. I don't view it as a setback. I'm 100 percent going to be OK. But, Kev, we're talking like he flew in Shanji, he flew in a team of fighters for him, and then all of a sudden it's Christmas or December time, and he's like, well, I guess we're all here, so we should train? <laughs> and at the time, he was telling me March. He's like, man, it would be great to do March. That would be amazing. And here we are, Kev, in June. So that meant that that guy held that title shot. For about a good nine months and uh, maybe we become a little callous to it but when we see him training all the time and and you have people who are close to him and you know I'm interviewing him and I'm like hey man where are you at and he's like no I'm good yeah man really looking forward to it I go you sound completely different than I would which and he's as uh, disciplined as they come so he also won't mention it's like I fucking love donuts like I would yeah. really like to have one <laughs> and he's he's also super he likes food from our experience, he really likes mm -hmm. upscale sort of decadence and low-scale donuts. <laughs> he seems to have a sweet tooth, <laughs> but he's also super donuts. focused, so he doesn't cross those paths. So can you imagine it, it being like pretty great though? You'd be like, Butler, bring me the low-scale. I'll donuts. take the low-scale donuts because if someone <laughs> offered you, you're gonna take the low-scale. They're like, hi, I have a well, it's vegan. And no dairy. You're going to love it. Shimmers like a frost. It's like, I'll take the cheap one. What is that? It's like, it's a huge amount of dairy carb sugar. Just the most amount of frosting. It's like, yeah, that's the one. He was in England, right? That's what I was going for. With it was definitely. Butler. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> let's say, it's <laughs> definitely. He has the butler from the old DuckTales. It's like. What will you have? He's the sir? champ. I assume he has a butler now. The butler just walks out. He's like, I am Raphael Lovato Butler. I'm here to help for all the men in the family. Donuts. <laughs> That's how they had post-fight donuts. I don't have any inside information. <laughs> uh, maybe obviously. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, what he did signal from what I could tell today uh, was just it seems like he does want to take a little bit of vacation. So that's really, really good. Um, and bless that kid. It's just I love the fact that uh, 
they put up, they go, Rafael Lovato Jr. on immediate rematch with Gegard Misasi. I wouldn't blame Bellator, which is a nice way of saying, um, you know, we don't have to. Uh, he says, I, it's hard to put into words. It's really my life's work, and everybody that had the biggest piece of my life were here. Just a couple were missing. I dreamed of it this way. I was telling myself backstage this would be my masterpiece. So, again, visualization, visualization is, is great. A judge who scored the contest 47-47 draw prompted the question on whether Lovato might entertain an immediate rematch. Who Or, uh, you know... The new middleweight champ didn't shoot down the idea, but he said restroom recovery will take precedent. So, Jeeves, the low-scale donuts, please. <laughs> that's that's rest and recovery are actually two forms of bacon-laced maple donuts. I've had them. They're good. They're good. I just love the fact he goes, uh, <laughs> I agree. he goes, yeah, it was an extremely close fight, and it's Musasi. It was a seven-month training camp. I grinded so hard this year. I'm off to Spain with my love, and it's time to sit by the pool. So in answer to your what do you think he's going to be doing, uh, he says, right now the mission is to keep this thing on my shoulder and around my waist for as long as possible, and for sure this is how I'm riding out into the sunset. So he says, we've worked our whole lives for this, and I want to keep enjoying the moment and taking the momentum even further, but this will be how I end my professional career. Fighting Gregard Masasi, or <laughs> I, I don't know. It's an it's eternal series of uh, rematches that he has to do. It's like somebody didn't finish developing the video game for him. It's like, wait, I'm stuck on the Gay Garden Loud. <laughs> Fuck. Or wait, had you skipped to Chael Sonnen, and I just misunderstood the statement reading? <laughs> I wish. I wish it would have. You know what? The nice part with Chael Sonnen is just copy and paste whatever he said in the last retirement, and that's what he's saying here. <laughs> they. They didn't even bother to write new copy. Mm -mm. That's that's a mistake. They could afford us. Final notes on the artist. I don't um, know what I else mean, to call it. Lovato Junior. Win. This is a we're going to do a grappling gossip and fun episode. Raf hasn't signed up on anything I just said, but I think there's grappling topics to come. I wanted well, I wanted to know your reaction to it because you're part of the association and obviously, you know, me watching it play by play and, and minute by minute uh, live was intense because I was supposed to go out and have some fun and go drink. And instead, I stayed in to watch Lovato because I, I couldn't pull myself away from it. And even though I could take the app with me, I just I found myself wanting to watch it without people around me because I was really nervous like uh oh I might start yelling out some nonsense <laughs> in I public I also well, you can at least somewhat attest to how I would start this which is there was a little bit of doubt not yeah. doubt that he was capable or qualified but doubt anytime someone walks into the MMA game that we haven't seen throw hands from a jiu-jitsu community you get a little Nervous and protective. I happen to be, yeah, part of his instructor lineage in terms of I train under someone who's part of it, which is a fun, <laughs> guilty bite. I'm just his neighbor. I saw him helped teach a lot. There's a good quality that comes to knowing some of that and seeing him more regularly because of it. But this is a little different. This is a big stage. Bellator is the 1B to UFC's 1A. 
seeing people succeed and crush is different and he has succeeded and crushed i you said it 10 and 0 i'm impressed by that that's a lot of wins in any cage organization and he started the fighting in the mma side later it can't be understated he has a lot of reps fighting on really big stages but none with the hands prior to these 10 fights and it's just been a whirlwind so to see him already succeed to this level and chase it is impressive and i also strongly contend he would be very difficult for the champ what is his equivalent weight in the ufc i mean it'd be 185 so is it 185 <clears throat> yeah okay that is that woodley so who beat Woodley? Uh, no. 185 is we're talking Robert Whitaker. Uh, that's a fun fight. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great fight. Much, as much as I have nerves about Musasi, I have very different nerves about Whitaker and uh, hoping that he's healthy enough. But a healthy Bobby Knuckles is no bueno. And then you've got Israel on the other side, which is apparently the next fight to make. You've also got, I mean, Lovato versus Kelvin Gastelum is a lot of fun to, to like, put in the brain. So he's in some fun territory, though. This is cool. Yeah. Those are good so fights. It's It sounds like, though, he may do the honorable thing and see this contract all the way through, which I know in our realm of trades and me sending Kevin photos of, hey, if you go to Home Depot and you get some boxes, does that mean, does that mean something in the NBA? Because I think we just spotted somebody. Somebody just got a photo. Kawhi. Yeah, dude. Oh, this would be great if it's Lovato getting boxes. Is that your <laughs> Lovato? <laughs> well, there's not really out that page. The next it. thing we see him with is like a picture of someone holding two UFC belts. It's like, holy shit, what's Lovato going to try next? <laughs> we got to get this guy I, a documentary crew. Where's Stewart? I just, I just like the idea if you are familiar with the late night wars with Jay and Dave. One of the weirdest parts was. There was a Super Bowl commercial where Jay Leno and David Letterman were both in the shot. And it was after years of never really appearing or talking to each other, uh, at least not in public. And they basically snuck in Leno to the Ed Sullivan Theater to do a commercial with Oprah. And yes, all of these buzzwords would have 100% triggered any kind of uh, paparazzi, but they got away with it. Nobody knew this happened. We all worked on the staff and all of us were surprised. We were like, how did Jay do that? Oh, fuck. We didn't know that happened. And, uh, you know, it makes you wonder that that would have to be the way that they would sneak in somebody in disguise like Lovato under a 10 amounts of coats to go into the performance center and being like, hey, is that Lovato? It's very lanky, dude. Hmm. He's also got his Habero piece, which I sent you, which I said, why don't you have one of these, which is that necklace of the Habero emblem. And I was like, yo, look at that. I'm still upset about it. I've been yeah. writing since. I sent some texts. I presume, <laughs> you know, maybe you have to be one of their black belts or, you know, international champions whatever whatever there's always something to work towards i i see myself there just uh two surgeries from now rap 
just yep. one or two. I think I'll be right. I'll be right up in necklace territory. <laughs> it does look <laughs> nice. It also looks like you could kill someone with it, which would be a funny. <laughs> hey, you can accept this necklace, but you're now part of Chandri's ninja warrior <laughs> army. <laughs> what just seems like such a great thing to be given. Chael Sonnen retired after getting beaten up by Loyoto Machida. A sentence yeah. that sounds like I forgot what year it is. And I think mm-hmm. it's 2012, 2014. Mm-hmm. They fought. Chael lost. Chael retires again. Raf, is is this the one? Is he really done? Or are we going to be having a Chael retired again six years from now when it's like he and... Tito Ortiz had a wheelchair match. Here's who came out sitting. Like, wh- what do you think? Can I tell you that we're? I don't think anybody's safe anymore, Kev, because we're in the era of bare knuckle boxing. Because Chris Levin was fighting, and I said, "Oh, please don't." <clears throat> and then this weekend, you had the freak show of one uh, Paulie Melagenini or mm, Milanagi or. Mr. Miyagi, whatever. I don't really care about him all that much. But him versus the GOAT, Artem LeBeau. And to everyone's shock, a.k.a. nobody's, Artem won. And then Polly, whose face was uh, a little pieced up, if you would, Kev, had the nerve to say he only got caught with one good shot. And if you look at his face, you go, hmm, that's a that's a large combination of one shots. So we're in a very weird era, Kev. I don't know what to do with this. And to be fair, I was not about to watch this, but I saw some of the highlights as I was cleaning dishes on Saturday night because I was already at my high. When Lovato aired, it was already, what, 4 o'clock here? And the UFC had kind of was dying down, and we were kind of finished on that one too. And I was like, well... Need to do some dishes, some chores around the house. Let's do... Oh, is that bare knuckle thing happening? Bluff. Just tell me who won. <laughs> and lo and behold, when I saw the highlights, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, Artem, he definitely looked like he was putting in some work. It looked like it was a close fight-ish. But it's a weird world, Kev. So it's entirely possible that you get somebody like Chael now who just go, I'm retired. In MMA, see you at bare knuckle boxing. Nineteen. Oh God, that terrifies me. Every sentence. You're right. That's where Hendrix landed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Chael versus your backyard bully, like that beat Bobby Flay show. It's not going to be good. Oh, that'd be fun. Actually, what else do we that. got? The Korean Zombie delivered again. Woo! And delivered before he entered the cage. This is my favorite story of the week. Now, this is that video you sent me. Yes. So here's the beautiful part about this. The Korean zombie not only gives us a very, very good uh, one and a half minute fight where he just looks aggressive and has that uh, just savagery that he's putting out there. And it's just so fun to watch him get what looked like a knockout that you go, "Ah, it could be game over right there. And the ref kind of lets it go. And then he gets the hooks in and starts just pummeling. Uh, while taking the back, and it's just, oh, it's so good. But then I didn't know this until they released it today, and thanks again to our friends over at Middle Easy, who pointed this out, which is before he even entered the cage, the Korean zombie, when he was getting checked before entering the cage, 
and they do that thing where they point to your cup and they're like, hey, are you protected? Like, I got to ask you the question before you enter this cage. Uh, the Korean zombie just went to shake the guy's hand who was checking him. <laughs> and it's so glorious. He just thought he'd be respectful. He's done this <laughs> a thousand times. I love it. He's just like, wait, that, what? That look on his face was just like, oh, right, my nuts. Yeah, they're protected. Thank you. My nuts are fine. Thank you. <laughs> and you know, Kevin, what are other ways that you can protect your nuts? Just basic leg kicks, but he oh, knows not to strike oh, a referee. Just, oh, that was a great ways. call. Head on over to NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. There's no better place in the business <laughs> to get your business covered. They're going to protect your hips while you're working that cross knee pass, and normally you're cracked <laughs> to the audience. No more if you head on over to NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. Get your gi size. It's going to hug your hips in a way that makes you think, have I ever really worn underwear before? Head on over to NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. Dynamite transition wrap. That's that's why they call you the best in the business. That's right. And let's put it out here on this. Kev, you were very astute when you said that you want to be like Rafael Lovato Jr. who wears North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. And he guess what? He wears them! Just saying, that came to fruition over the weekend. So if you want to be a champion, then that is what you have to wear, people. It's not that hard. Just mm-hmm. dress the way Lovato dresses. Absolutely. And yeah, sometimes you're going to get tan suits, and it's going to feel weird, but go with it. You're going to look like one of the people the Boondock Saints hunted. That's Absolutely. fine. You're mm-hmm. you're going to be tough. You might be a background singer for Bobby Brown in 1998. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. It's just, it's a thing, people. And when you put your Habero six-blade little Jesus piece on you, you will be the bell of the ball. And you might have a championship to go with it. But Kev, yes, so the Korean zombie was good. Um, I saw some of the fights. They were okay. Um, it's very strange to be watching the UFC midday, but I think they were trying to give a little bit of heat over to Bellator. And Bellator was weird because they did this thing where they said, oh, it's Bellator 223, but it's a double headliner. And it looked like they just did like three fights in London and then had a different set of fights over somewhere else. I don't know. I was very confused. And I just sat there and go, I don't care enough. I'm just going to make it through it. So this weekend's UFC was just fine. Uh, But you know what else is happening that made it super confusing, Kev? Ready. All right. This weekend, in addition to the bare-knuckle boxing, which, woof, was they had Third Coast Grappling, I believe, on Friday night. I just interviewed Jordan uh, Holly. And he had a great uh, match with um, one, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Marvin Castell. So that was a fun match to watch. But then they also put together super fights with, I want to say, you know, uh, like Frank Rosenthal. They had Craig Jones. They had a really, really impressive card. Um, So they did one. Then there was the Rise Invitational where our good friend uh, Zach uh, was taking on from, uh, I'm sorry, the Finishers MMA podcast. Uh, Zach was taking on Zhao Miao. Then they had the finishers sub only tournament happening on Saturday. And uh, William Tackett is somebody I'm going to be speaking to on grappling hour tomorrow. So I will have the winner of that. But 
like at one point when I interviewed Jordan today, I told him, I go, so you were competing at the Rise Invitational? And he goes, Third Coast Grappling. And I was like, shut up, kid. There was a lot of fucking shit I watched this week. <laughs> Cried a lot of tears for Lovato. So you can you can chill the fuck out. Don't cry for me, Lovato. <laughs> so it, it, there was a lot of stuff to, to kind of digest over the weekend. And I think it's a good thing. The Midwest finishers put on a fantastic event. I think they're really, really something that you should get behind, Kev, because – Man, they're out in Illinois. They're at Lombard, Illinois, which, by the way, is hilarious to me because that's essentially where Kelly grew up. So Lombard, wife, Illinois? Yeah, Kelly grew up in a Home place of that called... there best diner. They had no. the old pancakes at Mama's. You go down MJ's is what they call it. No, you just no. find yourself over off Easton Lake, I think, is the road. You'll know it when you see it. My wife is going to murder you. <laughs> I care. Just you, you could hear like she isn't even listening to the podcast. She's at a puppy park with <laughs> Lucy. So I'm sure if I ever happen to play a random segment in the car together, I'm just gonna be like, oh, have you heard this week's podcast? She's like, no, I don't listen to you. And I'm gonna be like, oh, you know, it's so weird. This is one segment where Kevin was talking about Lombard. It's not really where you grew up, but it's close, right? 25 exciting things happened to Lombard <laughs> is the greatest fiction novel ever written. It's no, so mean. But anyway, out there, they put together a great event. William was able to win. Uh, big highlights and props over to Ruben Rivera, who had an amazing uh, series of fights as well. Alan Sanchez, who was beastly as well. A lot of really great stories uh, from that. So I was actually... I put that on my TV after all the fights ended and I was kind of watching it while the other events were going on. So I had it on my iPad and so I was just trying to keep up with everything over the weekend. But, One more oh, Illinois joke. Yes. Did the fighters fight each other? Or just them, their skeeters over off Winston's property. <laughs> They're big wow. this time of year. It's been a lot of rain. You you are you are approaching. How many people do we have in Illinois? Let me look real quick. There was a great moment. I was on a podcast, Kevin. It's going to come out a little bit later, but it's a, a podcast about death, and it's hosted by two of my friends over from Valley Martial Arts Center. And there's a distinct moment though, where they said something that was a little disparaging. I want to say about like Tokyo or Beijing or something like that. And they're like, Raph, don't you think that they would just be stupid like this over there? And I just looked at the camera blankly and I was like, I'd like to say hello to all of our fans. And they realize they go, oh, right. You're on a real podcast. Fuck. And we with, go, yeah, dude, we're motherfucking worldwide, bitch. So I don't know who we do have listening to us or not. I don't have the analytics, but I know we got fans there. So hello, people. You're great. They're, it's a culture based off punctuality. It's like, mm. how, what's not to love? There are more, M I mean, there's not more MMA headlines. There's more grappling headlines is yeah. what's next in my future, right? I know Cejudo has overtaken John Jones for best pound for pound throne, which is funny. Gross. Yeah. Oh, and he, to make things even more interesting, Cejudo over the weekend, who, by the way, is basically on the recovery train, like he's got to be sidelined for a little bit. But Cejudo calls out boxing king Lomachenko for a bare-knuckle boxing and saying, like, I don't know, I mean, 
Uh, what would you guys think of going for a fourth championship? Henry Cejudo is going to be the first person to challenge someone at a less prestigious event. At least Conor McGregor moved up in pay grade. Bare knuckle boxing didn't pay like several well, let's, cards. Let's worth put of it fighters. this way: he is putting it. He didn't like say directly it would be bare knuckle boxing uh, per se that that would be where it would take place. Oh, but are they going to do on. boy fights? Is it boy fights? No. <laughs> what I'm thinking is, is Cejudo put out this tweet that says Lebov, uh, former UFC fighter, wins over Pauly, uh, former world boxing champion. What do you think an Olympic and UFC champ champ would do to boxing's uh, Vasil Lomachenko? And you're thinking to yourself, OK, maybe this isn't necessarily going to be in bare knuckle boxing, but the fact that it was inspired by it is what's wrong with bare knuckle. And I think it's picking up steam, Kev. I think that people are slowly starting to be like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of into this. Conspiracy, Kevin. Mm. Maybe Cejudo's leg injury is way worse than we think, and he's trying to line up what's next. He's like, yeah. I'm never going to get back in the octagon. I'm going to have a metal knee by fall 2022. I need to make a cash grab. I'm going to go fight the bare knuckles. No, I don't know, dude. It's it's really stupid. And I'm you know, the, the worst part is I what I tweeted out on our our page and I put up on our Instagram is I was like, take his phone away. Stop it. Stop. Just be injured. Chill out. It's the same thing that we were getting mad with Dylan Dennis where it's like, yeah, John Jones, let's see how you do, bitch, when I take home your leg. As soon as I get done with this maybe surgery that I need to take for maybe six to seven months off, I'm not really sure or clear at this moment. He'll get back to you on the full number. Of- uh, there's also – okay, I don't know if you saw this. This was weird, but uh, there was a dude who kind of – at the Bellator thing that I forgot to mention, but let's just kind of bring it up and move on. But one dude kind of kicked another dude in the butthole. What do you mean kind of? I mean he just kind of like – the dude was on the ground, and one of the dudes was kind of doing kicks as you would from standing, and then just kind of kicked him in the booty and the little, little hole area. And they actually took away a point, Kev, which I think is important to note on this podcast because for future <laughs> generations, this is something you should not do. <laughs> this doesn't sound like something you should be doing but what exactly what i mean what's he doing like what's the consequence here they well they took away a point and they basically had to publicly shame him in and say like yo yo don't be the asshole kicker yeah essentially okay does espn have a category for this in their fight analytics that would be fun don't know but i think we're waiting to find out if they have the belt kicks what do you call it (laughs) Um, it's a little odd in the sense that when you see it happen live, you were just kind of like, that's something unusual. And then you start to realize, you go, do we have protocol for that? (laughs) Because uh, it's, it's so jarring that you go like, how would that ever be part of the strategy? And, uh, it just, it made us all look around and go, this is going to be odd for all of us to talk about in person people. But here we are. We will get through it. It's uh, George or Jorge Canella. 
<clears throat> who did it in the middle of his fight. And as he's doing it, everybody just kind of looks at it and says, yeah, it's definitely something we just saw now. We all experienced that together. Let's never speak of it again. Kicked in the old, what do you call it? It kicked in the bum because it was maybe in London. I'm not sure where these fights took place, Kev. But could kick. not tell you. Bum uh, kick. Bum kick, indeed. Uh, call that my as favorite, a band name. My favorite, though, too, was that Bellator, just their response to it was going, um, so that just happened. As if Bellator, the people who are supposed to walk us through what's happening, are like, yeah, we're just as confused. Could not tell you what to make of any of this, guys. <clears throat> hmm. So I felt like that was something that, uh, well, maybe the opposite of a, a highlight was definitely something that I go, well, I think that's a first that I've seen that. I don't think you've seen anything like that. No. If he went to the hospital, I'm curious what they checked. There's a lot to <laughs> digest there. Thoughts and prayers to his family. Yes. Thoughts and prayers to everybody. His direct family. His asshole. Yep. <laughs> that whole. <laughs> Whew. So you want to be a fighter. It goes crazy, yep. and Wang Chung is right on your b-hole. <laughs> it's all fun and games, so you can't shit for a week. <laughs> so I just like the fact that we got to learn a lot, Kevin. We are just sitting there and going. Wise. Yeah, that was good. It's like, wow, it was, sorry. Oh. I was kind of in awe during that entire discussion. It's like, I don't. I was racking my brain to think, has this happened? I mean, we've obviously seen people get checked, but I don't remember this specifically getting called out. Yeah, it's definitely uh, set new precedent that's fun so i thought okay guys good to know future fighters if you're listening to this one don't do that you're gonna be get a little spray bottle and just go no so there's that that's how we used to deal with freshmen yeah spray bottle no what else you got that's it dude i think that's that's the majority of stuff uh I, i again Shout out to everybody who was putting together grappling events and who are paying grapplers. One of the things I will credit Third Coast Grappling about doing in, in addition to their very solid card, which, by the way, they're the people who are putting together the Philippe Pena and Gordon Ryan 3 rematch, which will happen in December, which is great. But, Kev, the photo that they used for it, they made it seem like it was face-off. No, they cut them half and half? Yeah. Yes, this is a category you and I talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Any MMA poster, and really grappling poster, if they have somebody in their family that attended um, graphic design school at some point and can work Photoshop, there comes a time when they're going to do the face-off shot, yep. which is where they go 1v1. And it's just face on face. And I'm sorry. All I hear every time is face off. Face <laughs> off. But just look face at this photo and tell me, tell me if you don't feel like eh, this is stretching that. Oh, my God. This is stretching that. Gross. I didn't say they were good at art school. The Gordon, <laughs> <laughs> the Gordon and Felipe poster. Looks like someone who was a C student. Mm-hmm. This is sucks. Why do they do it? And they have it like Days of Thunder posters, what this looks like. 
I like, love it. I lo- I don't change a the- thing, Third Coast Gravel. He's perfect. <laughs> I get when maybe the faces on the photos that you're putting together don't quite align perfectly uh, with, with symmetry. It just looked like someone was trying to chisel a Gordon Ryan statue and then he gave up midway and said, eh, let's make it a fully opinion one. It's also some we like I can't tell if it's debris or if it's like stitches that's trying to put together this Gordon Philippe beast uh, together. Can you make heads or tails of any of this? I really can't, except that Gordon wore a shirt that's way different than what Felipe wore, which already makes me super happy. <laughs> well, yeah, one of them is wearing a gi and the other one is wearing a no gi. And yet it's super confusing because you go, oh, it's a Nogi, right? I think. I don't know. Hard to say. They couldn't even agree on what to wear. The weirdest part to me about this photo, though, is that it has that two-face element on where the split of the face doesn't quite match the split of the hair. And it also is like, yeah, it's like a half centimeter off where their spine is. Like, (laughs) it's not completely aligned right. This is great. Because even their beards and their lips are a little bit off. Like, it really does look like the right part of his face got, or the left part of, oh, now I'm confused. (laughs) Somebody's face is two-faced. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man, but there are a lot of people who know our love. But you know what it is? Face off, yes. It's like if Gordon Ryan and Antonio Banderas both had their faces face off and they put that together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's neither guy's complete perfect face. It's tough. It's tough. I, is, I don't know. Did I say and, perfect face? Uh, <clears throat> well... <clears throat> Here's what maybe they could have done. And this is purely inspired by you saying one word, which made me think like, oh, yeah, I would watch that if they had just done it the right way, Kev. Because for me, I just think like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a way better analogy. If we just look at something like, I don't know, let me just send you this, which is a way better investment of our time, in my opinion. Uh, because at the very least it would be a way better promotional experience. And, and what is the image you're seeing? Assassins with Antonio mm-hmm. Banderas and Sylvester Stallone with little Julianne Moore in the background. This is perfect. And you know what? You keep Julianne Moore in the background, but just put Gordon. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and Philippe in that photo. If you wanted if to, better. you could put uh Nikki's face over Julianne Moore's, but I highly suggest oh, don't no. do it. That's such a great idea. That's a dare. Oh no, I might have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like... They're just gonna cover 80s movies. It's like get Tango and Cash out here. <laughs> Let me go see Tango and Cash's movie cover. I wanna this is a much better poster, in my opinion. Oh, my I, God. Look at Tango and Cash. That's perfect. I, I have very vivid memories of Tango and Cash. It is. I remember seeing it at my local warehouse <laughs> millions of times. It's exactly what you're talking about. It looks almost. It looks like they copied off of, off of the one you just sent me. This is fantastic. Well, of assassins. Way, <clears throat> this photo, I don't know how I've never memed before, but it may have to be something that I eventually go to meme. 
Tango in, Cash. in the near future. Well, not just Tango and Cash, but this one particular scene from Tango and Cash, just because of how absurd it looks, uh, I just put it over in the Facebook because, uh, like, tell me your first instinct is it to just come up with some really stupid caption for that photo? Nope. That's 100%. It's like Diet Lethal Weapon. It's so yeah. good. I love this photo. They're both holding Mac 9s. <laughs> <laughs> so, Verbal Tap's over for this week. We're yeah, done. We're That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. Go watch Tango and Cash. You're not going to be disappointed. Educate yourselves. Please note, the new number is...